let's move on to our mammoth losers for this week. So, Maxi, who is the mammoth loser for you for this round? My mammoth loser was Sydney, who lost to Richmond by eight points in one of the worst games I can remember. So it was 34 to 26. I sort of, I remember I saw a post on Facebook and I thought, is this the halftime result or is that the full-time result? <laughs> Damien Hardwick and John, John Longmire sort of went head-to-head after the game in sort of discussing what Sydney's, Sydney's tactics were. But um, I, I sort of picked Sydney. Obviously, it was a terrible performance and also because they lost Josh Kennedy, who's done a medial ligament in about six weeks, and also Isaac Heaney, who's done his ankle, who'll be out for the rest of the year. So Sydney have got a pretty young team at the moment and to lose two of their core senior players when they're already missing Buddy and Sam Reid, particularly to miss Isaac Heaney, who's probably their main sort of focal point up forward at the moment. And just the City Swans, their last three scores are 26, 43 and 39. So I'm just sort of wondering, like, where are their scores going to come from? From what I hear, I think Callum Sinclair and Tom McCartan are a chance to come in this week. But just looking through both their career stats, they both average about 0.5 goals a game. So whether that's actually going to have a big enough effect to boost those scores up from, as I said, their last three scores of 26, 43 and 39. Where are the Swans going to be able to find a winning score? And also just looking at their results, two wins against Adelaide, who are currently 18th, and North Melbourne, who are currently 16th. And the Swans find themselves 17th at the moment and playing Gold Coast this weekend at the SCG. But just looking at the odds, I just think the Gold Coast are a fair chance to win that game. So do they still think that they can play finals this year or are they pushing uphill? So I still like Sydney's list. I think they've still got a lot of good good young players in Ollie Florent and Will Haywood, Blakey, Mills, a lot of others. So I just think this week and particularly in the coming weeks to come, they're going to be struggling. So that's why they're my mammoth losers for the week, sir. My big question to you, Maxie, is if... Buddy Franklin does get fit within this season. Knowing that Sydney probably will finish in the bottom four, is it worth playing Buddy for this season? An interesting question. I know they brought him back for the last game of last year to play his 300th. He was looking good during preseason, but then he broke down just before the games are about to start back again. So do you try and get four or five games into him just because you're paying him, what, a million dollars a year? You want to get some return. And yep. if, he, if, he, if he continues to break down through preseason, maybe you think we might try to squeeze every single game that we can out of him. But yeah, his body's starting to break down. So it's an interesting question whether or not you just save him for the preseason and try to get him through to 2021 with the full preseason. The money can't be ignored. I mean, if someone was to work out a, uh, a cost per minute on the field equation, God, you'd hate, to, you'd hate to see it, wouldn't you? It would hurt a lot of Sydney Swan supporters, I think. Fryzy, let's get to your mammoth loser for round six. Yeah, boys, I've got to go Hawthorne again. I mean, we're just speaking about low scores. Well, it's been the case for them probably too often. I think behind closed doors there, you might have one pretty cranky coach. And I'll tell you what they have Mm. got, just having a little look this week, is a very ageing list. Also, a bit hit and miss the last couple of seasons with the guys they've brought in. The, The hits are I mean, they're, they're obvious when you talk about your um, your Mitchells and O'Meara's and these guys. But um, I wonder where the next even couple of years goes for the Hawks, to be honest. Yeah, as you mentioned there, Fryzy, Hawthorne has a very, very ageing list. They're the third oldest in the AFL as we currently speak. Collingwood and West Coast slightly ahead of them. The question is rebuild. Do Hawthorne have enough young talent on that list, enough emerging talent on that list to seriously consider them going up the ladder like what they did in the mid-2000s where they acquired all of that talent, as we know. It's a long process, as we know, but it did work for them 
in the past that paid more dividend than they, they could have ever expected. So look, maybe. Yeah, that's a sort. Of, that's a sort of thing. There's a there's a fine balance between making the finals, finishing seventh or eighth, and mm-hmm. being in being in no man's land where you you're not challenging for a flag, but you're also not getting access to high draft picks as well. I was sort of a bit critical. I know they got Chad Wingard in, and I think he's still got a lot of good footy ahead of him. But I thought they could have got that deal done without trading Ryan Burton. He seemed to be probably along with Warple the most promising young player. So yeah. I still sort of question that mentality. I think I wonder if Adrian Dodoro would have done that trade. And I still reckon they've got a, a really solid AFL top six sort of midfield when you look at O'Meara, Mitchell and Warple. But when you look at their um, forward line, they've sort of got Gunston, who's probably got a few years left. Then you've got Bruce, Puopolo and a few others who are sort of starting to age. So I look at their midfield as sort of is what's going to keep them competitive for the next couple of years. But then you look at where they should be targeting the draft is at either end, considering that they've still got Mitchell and O'Meara and Warple. I think they're pretty stacked. Yeah. in their midfield, where I think they need to draft more forward and back. So. Yeah, it's, it's incredible to believe you were speaking before about Hawthorne kind of, yeah, getting to these good positions, even getting into finals and not really doing much probably since the 2016 season. In 2018, it's hard to believe Hawthorne ended up finishing fourth that season and they ended up going out in straight sets and really didn't look damaging at all against the two clubs they played in Richmond mm. and in Melbourne. I mean... Yeah, it must be concerning. Even if they do make finals, we don't know really how deep they can go and if they will be a real contender. Well, maybe they sort of do what Geelong doing and they just keep going, just keep bringing in free agents and mature age players and see see where it gets them. I mean, Geelong, the last premiership they won was in 2011 and I can't think of how many top 10 picks Geelong have had since 2011, but it hasn't been much. But you sort mm. of think about all the players that they've brought in, we just kept them as a really good side, but they haven't won. So has it worked or has it not worked? It's sort of yet to be seen, but at the moment, it looks like Geelong haven't been able to do it, no matter how good um, Chris Scott's home and away record is. 